Welcome to Current Radio's Sports Station. Please enjoy today's selection of sports news. Helena, did you hear about the recent Babe Ruth rookie card that was auctioned off? Quite a remarkable price it fetched. Oh, absolutely. A staggering $7.2 million, isn't it? Just shy of the $7.25 million paid for a Honus Wagner card earlier this year. It's now the most expensive Ruth item ever sold. Yes, and what's fascinating is the history behind it. It was collected by a 16-year-old paperboy, Archibald Davis, back in 1914. He was a fan of the Orioles, who were then a minor league team. And among the cards he collected was one of a 19-year-old pitcher named Ruth. Right, and what's even more interesting is that these cards, 15 in total, were passed down through the family for over a century. Can you believe they were even played with by children before they knew what they had? They were loaned to the Babe Ruth Birthplace and Museum in Baltimore in 1998 and were on display until 2021 when they were sold privately. And according to Brian Dwyer, the president of Robert Edward Auctions, this card was very well preserved. It's one of only 10 known to exist. Now for context, there are more than 1,500 1952 Topps Mickey Mantles and 32 T206 Sweet Caporal Honus Wagners. Which have their own mythologies, right? But this Ruth card, despite its rarity, doesn't have the same kind of lore. However, it was considered the most valuable sports card as recently as the late 2000s. True, but as Dwyer pointed out, Ruth himself has a mythology behind him. He was made a ward of St. Mary's Industrial School at seven, under the custody of the priests until Jack Dunn, the owner and manager of the Orioles, saw Ruth playing and became his legal guardian. And it seems that this card symbolizes Ruth's journey from being a ward of the state to becoming the legend that he is. It's also interesting that the existence of this card wasn't well known until the 1980s. Indeed, and Dwyer believes that the Ruth card is the most significant card and hasn't had its moment in the sun yet. It's been a decade since a Ruth rookie card has been up for sale. The last one transacted in 2013 for $450,000. Quite a leap in value, isn't it? And according to PJ Kinsella from REA, it could be well over a decade, possibly more, before we see another one of these cards come up for auction. It's truly miraculous that this card exists. Ruth was on the Orioles for a few months, and by the end of 1914, he was in Providence. The fact that he's encapsulated in this set, not knowing what he would become, is quite remarkable. Absolutely. The Ruth card was graded a three by card grader SGC, and now the three most expensive sports cards ever sold, including this Ruth card, have all been graded by SGC. It's a fascinating piece of history. From one baseball legend to another, let's shift gears and focus on a recent development that has the baseball world buzzing. This time, it's not about a player, but about a key figure who has been instrumental in shaping the game from the dugout. Helena, let's talk about some major news in the world of baseball. Jim Leyland, the manager who led the Florida Marlins to the 1997 World Series title, has been selected for the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes, it's quite an honor. Leyland was named on 15 out of 16 ballots in the selection process, which is quite a feat considering the committee was looking at managers, umpires, and executives whose contributions came after 1980. Exactly. And this makes Leyland the 23rd manager to be inducted into the hall. 
The last time we saw a manager receive this honor was back in 2014, when Joe Torre, Tony La Russa, and Bobby Cox were enshrined. It's quite a prestigious club to be a part of. Oh, definitely. And it's interesting to note that Leyland started his major league career as a coach under La Russa with the Chicago White Sox. I believe he once said he tried to impress upon his players the importance of professionalism and the difficulty of the game. Yes, and that's something that has clearly stuck with his players. Despite never advancing beyond AA as a minor league catcher, Leyland has had a remarkable managerial career, winning 1,769 games over 22 years. That puts him 18th on the all-time managerial win list. And let's not forget that he managed some superstar players, including all-time greats like Barry Bonds and Miguel Cabrera. But what's really remarkable about Leyland is that he was known for treating every player in his clubhouse as an equal. Absolutely. And he reached his pinnacle with the 1997 Marlins. That team, which included stars like Gary Sheffield, Bobby Bonilla, Moises Alou, and Kevin Brown, went on to beat Cleveland in a seven-game World Series. And after that, he moved on to manage the Colorado Rockies for a season before spending his final eight with the Detroit Tigers. Under his leadership, Detroit won two pennants and made four postseason appearances. Indeed, and he was named Manager of the Year three times. Now, at 78, Leyland will be inducted into the Hall of Fame on July 21st in Cooperstown, New York. It's the crowning achievement of a career that spans six decades. It's quite a journey, isn't it? From signing as a player with the Tigers organization in 1964 to landing in Cooperstown. As Leyland himself said, it doesn't get any better. That's the ultimate. From one thrilling sports story to another, let's leave the baseball diamond and dive into the pool. This time, we're focusing on the intense world of water polo, where a championship match has just concluded, making waves in the sports community. Helena, are you ready to dive into this? Let's dive into the world of water polo, Helena. We're talking about a thrilling championship match between California and UCLA, aren't we? Yes, Stephen. A nail-biting game indeed. The Golden Bears of California clinched their third consecutive men's water polo championship with a 13-11 victory. Max Casabella and Roberto Valera were really the stars of the show, weren't they? Absolutely, Helena. Casabella netted five goals, while Valera scored four. And this win is particularly sweet for Cal, because they hadn't beaten the top-seeded Bruins this season until the championship. Right. Three of Cal's five losses this season were to UCLA. But when it mattered most, they pulled through. And this isn't the first time they've had a hat trick of titles, is it? No, it's not. They've actually achieved this feat three different times. Now, let's talk about the game. Casabella and Valera were on fire in the first half, and with Nikos Papanikolaou's contribution, Cal had a 9-6 lead at halftime. But we can't forget about UCLA's fight, Stephen. Rafael Real Vergara and others kept the Bruins in the game with their goals. True, Helena. Despite Cal's lead, UCLA didn't back down. They managed to cut their deficit to three by the final quarter, with goals from Ben Lichty, Vergara, and Giorgio Alessandria. And then Federico Juca Carcelade fired one over Cal's goalie, Adrian Weinberg, in the final eight minutes. But Casabella was quick to respond, wasn't he? He sure was. Casabella's goal helped Cal regain a three-goal lead with just over five minutes left. UCLA's Makoto Kenny did manage to get the Bruins within two, but it wasn't enough in the end. Indeed. And let's not overlook the goalkeepers. 
Weinberg had an impressive 12 saves for Cal, while Garrett Griggs made nine saves for UCLA. Absolutely, Helena. Goalkeepers often don't get the credit they deserve. Now, this isn't the first time Cal and UCLA have faced off in the championship, is it? No, it's not. They've met four times for the championship, with Cal winning three of those encounters. It's quite the rivalry. It certainly is. And with this victory, Cal continues its legacy of water polo dominance. It's going to be interesting to see how UCLA responds next season. From the thrilling world of water polo, let's now dive into some exciting developments in college football. A significant change is underway at Boise State, with a familiar face stepping into the limelight. Shifting gears to college football, Helena, Boise State has made a significant move, appointing interim coach Spencer Danielson as the school's next head coach. Quite the promotion, don't you think? Absolutely, Stephen. Danielson, who's only 35, has really turned things around for the team since stepping in as interim head coach last month. He's led Boise State to a 3-0 record, including a massive 44-20 win over UNLV in the Mountain West title game. That's a, that's a historic achievement, Stephen. Danielson became the first interim coach in FBS history to win a conference championship. And let's not forget, this was a title that seemed out of reach when Andy Avalos was let go. Indeed, and it seems like Boise State's athletic director, Jeremiah Dickey, is more excited about Danielson's vision for the future than the recent victories. He's clearly seeing the long-term potential here. And why wouldn't he? Under Danielson, the Broncos have been on a roll, registering solid wins and even clinching a spot in the Mountain West title game. Plus, Danielson's approach to re-energizing the program seems to be working. He's definitely brought a fresh energy keeping practices tight and emphasizing joy. And it's worth noting, he's been with Boise State since 2017, so he's got strong relationships with everyone on the roster. Exactly, and the players seem to be rallying behind him. After the Mountain West title game, safety Alexander Tubner was pretty clear. Stop the search right now. We've got our guy. Danielson certainly has the credentials too. He's coached at his alma mater, Azusa Pacific. He's got an MBA, and was even named to college football's 30 under 30 list. He's also served as Boise State's defensive coordinator. And let's not forget, he's already had a stint as interim coach when Brian Harson left for Auburn. But now he's stepping into a program with a legacy. Boise State was ranked for 19 consecutive seasons from 2002 to 2020. Right, and that's the standard Danielson will be chasing. It's a big task, but if his short tenure as interim coach is anything to go by, he's up for the challenge.